This is the Faith Ventures Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, telling stories of Christians doing business for the glory of God. If you appreciate this program, support the nonprofit work of LCI by donating at libertarianchristians.com slash donate. And if you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. Welcome back to Faith Ventures. I'm Dr. Norman Horn, and today I am very pleased to introduce our guest for this episode, Mr. Mark Odland, who's the founder of Lion Counseling and the author of Taming the Tiger, uh, a great book about healing your past. And so, Mark, welcome to the show. I'm excited to talk to you about your business and how your journey has looked in helping people and Christians, especially with their mental health. So thanks for coming and, and joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Darwin. Very, very happy to be here. I think that we've noted before in our conversations that there's a growing sense of importance about mental health amongst Christians today, but it often can be a little confusing. But I first want to kind of get into your career journey and how you kind of got to be the Mark Odland of today. So let's yeah. kind of start with that. And like, what's your career journey been like? Yeah, well, interesting journey, right? So I started out as an art major of all things <laughs> in college. <laughs> I always loved art. I, I, I still do art. I love it. You know, the whole starving artist route didn't exactly pan <laughs> out as an entrepreneur. Let's just say that. But my faith was growing a lot during that time in college. So I added a religion major, ended up feeling kind of called toward ministry. So I went into a, be accepted into a four-year seminary, totally on track to be a pastor in a church. And, uh, and then we're, I'm in, in Colorado Springs on an internship. My wife and I, before we had kids yet, literally going for a walk in the mountains. And I just had this, just such a strong impression. It wasn't like an audible voice, but I definitely felt this strong leading from God to explore therapy. And that really felt like a abrupt turn for me because I felt such a strong, strong calling toward uh, parish ministry in the church. But long story short, I went back to grad school again, and got another master's degree in marriage and family therapy and ended up doing kind of halftime Christian counseling and halftime ministry in the church for like two to three years before I felt really compelled to kind of go into counseling full time. And since then, you know, I was there for this nonprofit for a few years, started my private practice, slowly grew a group practice, adding other Christian counselors to my team. Kind of the rest is history. You know, along the way as a therapist, you kind of pick up these extra specialties and certifications and mm -hmm. kind of find your niche. And for me, it's been trauma therapy. I've become a certified EMDR therapist for trauma and train other therapists around the world to get certified in that and do advanced trainings and that kind of thing. And I'm still creative, so I'm not doing art. I like writing. I like trying to uh, help people through uh, education. And this newest chapter, I still run my group practice in the Twin Cities, but my newest chapter, Lion Counseling, is kind of a new adventure for me. And it's me getting licensed in multiple states and specializing on working with men, and in particular, Christian men who are entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs, and sprinkle in like a professional athlete <laughs> or a celebrity here and there. Sometimes it gets interesting, but... My heart is really for the Christian business owner. And so, yeah, that is the quick and fast <laughs> summary, I guess, of my career trajectory to this point. That's awesome. Well, yeah. and, uh, I have to watch it here because I kind of identify in a couple of those zones. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's exciting to see your growth in this area. What kind of, in particular, you gave us a moment where your faith really directed you toward therapy. 
was there anything about maybe an additional feeling of calling or what kind of prompted you to go this even more entrepreneurial route yeah. that you discovered with Lion Counseling beyond just the personal practice? Part of it, I feel like, is kind of how God wired us too. So I've always kind of been wired to be, it's funny because I wouldn't consider myself like a type A or like that kind of yeah. personality, but I'm, I've always been kind of a leader, right? So I was like captain sure. of sports teams and, and kind of leading by example. And I've always felt this kind of this compelling kind of drive to create. And let's be honest, I kind of like being my own boss too. So <laughs> I haven't done well with other people telling me what to do. So right or wrong, God's blessed me with the, the freedom to kind of pursue that. But I think so part of it's honoring who God made me to be. Someone who's creative, someone who likes to innovate, someone who likes to take the lead. And then I think the other part of it is, I was thinking about this before the podcast, uh, okay. but this idea of when that, that cliche statement we say sometimes of like God opening a door. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that. And I think what really hit me was, I don't know if God ever opens the door super wide for me. But what I feel like he does is he cracks it, it gives open. Gives you a crack. Yeah. <laughs> I think he cracks it open. And I kind of have to, and the reason why it stays cracked is it's still faith. Yeah. So I still have to take that step. And for whatever reason, my wife and I, we pray about big decisions together. And we might be discerning and thinking and praying and going for walks and talking. And then the door cracks open just a little wider and then things move fast. Mm -hmm. And our hearts kind of align and it seems like, okay, we're doing this. We're taking this leap. We're going after it. And so I think where my faith kind of comes in, in these moments, whether it's signing the lease to rent my first office space, for <laughs> private practice and praying to God, oh, I just need this many clients to, to break even and pay the bills, you know, 15 years ago, or launching this whole new thing, you know, focused on, on Christian business leaders. I think it's hopefully having your ears and eyes open enough to see the door open and then having the courage to step through it. Yeah. And my other favorite prayer is, God, don't let me get in the way. Like make it so painfully obvious to me. <laughs> <laughs> Shove me toward the door if you have to, because I can be pretty stubborn and, you know, get wrapped up in my, all my stuff too. So. That's a really interesting perspective and story. I'm curious because I, I sometimes wonder similarly kind of about, you know, this, yes. sort of the door opening. Is it wide or is it, or is it narrow? I mean, and, I mean, this is beyond the question of like, you know, what yeah. is, is the road and gate, the narrow way or the wide one that leads to destruction? This is a different sort of thing, right? right? This is, we're already on the narrow way. God's plan for our lives, of course, is first and foremost to be in a relationship with him, to be yeah. saved. But there's a lot of, call it uncertainty, when it comes to some parts of the rest of our lives. And sometimes mm -hmm. I, I wonder, and I'm kind of wondering if you feel the same way or, or what perspective you might bring to this. Yeah. Is our journey the type of thing where God has really laid out the, this, you know, completely certain path and says, this is, you know, just do it, you know, get it done. Or is it more like he shows you these opportunities and says, make a choice. Yeah. You know, and then you do the work. He's, he kind of calls us into the act of co-creation with yeah. him rather than, you know, there's this, uh, you're just part of the painting and you're just discovering which part you are right that, right then and there. And it's static. I'm not sure what that is. What do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's such a good question, Norman. I feel like I used to be more like in the first camp, like God has a perfect will mm -hmm. and that's the one path. And there's 99 other paths that are going to screw it up for me. And again, yeah. again, like you said, it's not about salvation. It's about like living our lives out in this world. Yeah. In the messiness of it all. 
And it, but anyway, I'm like, okay, it's my job to perfectly discern that one out of a hundred path that I have yeah. to get right or else something's going to go really bad. Yeah. And not that he doesn't, he's God, right? So he probably, he does, he does know the best path for us in any given scenario, I would imagine. But as a dad, I think about my five-year-old, right? And I see him on the playground, maybe running a little too fast on the gravel. And I'm thinking, oh man, perfect path would be for him to slow down just a little bit. <laughs> but, but then as a dad, I'm kind of like, you know, he needs to skin his knees a couple times and, and learn some lessons. You know? He needs to skin his knees yeah. or, or build a coordination to not skin his knees so often. And yeah. That's the only way to, to get through that. Right. Yep. And so I, I could rush over there and be like, no, get on the straight path. Or I could be like, you know what? You might choose this way or you might choose that way. But guess what, buddy? I love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if you make it through the gravel or you skin your knee this time or you skin your knee next time, I'm going to, I'm going to pick you up and, and, and you're going to dust it off and we're going to learn from it. And, something good can come after that, right? And if you go on the monkey bars or you run out in the field, I'm still your dad. I'm, I'm still going to love you no matter what. I'm still going to try to bless you and, and try to encourage you. So I, that's my more, the newer perspective I've grown into, I think, partially because of a mentor of mine who kind of recognized some perfectionism within me. And he kind of said, Mark, he's like, this isn't about perfectly praying so you can perfectly do everything to discover the perfect will of God in every situation perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's come to the fork in the road. You do your best with what you know of his word and prayer and consulting with people that you trust. And then you take a step and you trust that whether it's this way or that way, God is saying, I love you. I want to be, I'm going to be with you and I want to bless you in this, yeah. in this path you're taking. Right. So that, People have different perspectives on that, but that's kind of where I'm coming down these days. Yeah. And I, I feel like it, it doesn't even matter, for instance, in, in my mind, that if you're of the, we'll call it reformed camp or the mm-hmm. Arminian camp in this regard, I think that sure. there's still something to be said for, you know, the, having a kind of, I hesitate to call it flawed perspective because it's not always wrong, but the, this kind of all, almost using the will of God as a means of, distancing yourself from responsibility. And I don't know exactly how that all works. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if you kind of see that sometimes, especially in your work with entrepreneurs and businessmen. Do you find that, that in the throes of trying to run a business, that people tend to take on difficult perspectives at times that make it more, that make it more difficult to run their business, to be all that they can be, not to use a old military saying per se, but (laughs) have you seen stuff like that? I mean, like, I guess I I keep wondering, you know, like if you're focused on businesses and entrepreneurs and and their struggles working with them, what kinds of things are recur in your observations like that? That's yeah, that's really interesting. I've asked some really awkward questions. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I mean, I think I've seen it manifest both ways. I mean, you can have the, you can have the guy who is a little overconfident that he's got this whole like discerning God's will thing down and he uses, he might use that as a, a blind spot or might be a blind spot that he might use as a justification to kind of keep hitting his head against a wall <laughs> in a certain area of his life. Yeah, Where It's like, I know, like, I mean, are you really a hundred percent every time knowing exactly which way to go? I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes there's some humility that needs to be kind of that check, check and balance mm-hmm. and the accountability piece. And I can be real with the guys I work with. I'm not going to like hit them with a sledgehammer. <laughs> I'm going to 
probably do it strategically, probably help them try to kind of have the light bulb go off on their own and think it was their idea. <laughs> so then sometimes that tends to come off a little better than someone telling you what to do. On the other side, I see the big free will guys. Man, I'm just working my butt off. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it hard. I'm, I've got to be tough. And maybe their blind spot is they feel like it's all on their shoulders. And if they don't like take a breath, the world's just going to crumble around them. And it, it's hilarious. I find these very successful, intelligent, caring men. But if you start asking the questions, okay, what would happen if you screw up this decision? Oh, well, then this would happen. Oh, then what would happen? Well, then I'd lose my job. Well, then what would happen? Well, then I'd lose my house. Well, then what would happen? And my wife would divorce me. <laughs> what would happen? I'm in a cardboard box in the, in the, in the alleyway. And I'm like, wow. So first of all, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Second of all, even if it did, you are a resourceful man and you would pick up the pieces and you'd mm -hmm. find a way back, right? But it, it, so often it's just illuminating to kind of go to our worst fear because if you don't pull that into the sunshine and kind of see it for what it is, it's kind of sad to admit sometimes that deep, dark fear that's like the worst case scenario actually serves as a motivator mm -hmm. in business. And it can work pretty well, honestly, but I'd like to think that as we continue to mature and grow as people, alongside of fear, we also get things like love and gratitude and mission that becomes equally, if not stronger motivators for why we do what we do, right? Awesome. Yeah, and, and I think this kind of leads into another interesting question that, again, we've noted that people are becoming more aware of the importance of mental health and whatnot. Yep. But there's still some, I think, resistant, you know, even myself included at times, yep. to the importance of and need for having good therapy sometimes and options to really talk about issues in life. I'm curious, like in your experiences, both with your current line counseling, the, yeah. I'm sure that you dealing with difficult and stubborn mule men like me, <laughs> at times, but also just generally with Christians, what are some of the misconceptions that you feel that people have about your profession, both kind of from a we kind of say both from a theological perspective and then sure. kind of the cultural perspective or whatnot. How would you kind of address those and encourage people to think differently about that? Yeah, that's also a great question. I mean, I've heard some say that, you know, as we've lost trust in our society and as there's been a breakdown in, in, in trusting authority in general, uh, especially with religion, psychologists have kind of become the new priests and pastors in our society in a way. Yeah. And that's not all good. Because there's still truth, right? So I think there has been a stigma. There's been kind of this stigma of this new set of truth, this new worldview is trying to help people heal that might be contrary to God's word. So some Christians are skeptical of that. A good therapist is probably going to be mostly a good listener. We're also trained ethically not to give tons of advice, right? So you don't want to be that therapist that like tells the guy to get divorced or get married and then it doesn't work yeah. out, right? <laughs> it's that like, seems like a bad idea. <laughs> bad idea, right? But so... I think a lot of my career, I've been really advocating for counseling, especially for guys, because we do try to tough it out. We yeah. try to, uh, we say we got through it, which really meant we just worked harder and watched more TV and, and we'd be like, <laughs> maybe like drank a few more glasses of wine or <laughs> scroll through our phone more, right? So getting through it is not the same as opening up the wounds, getting deep and lasting healing from a truthful perspective, right? 
So I've been trying to break down that stigma, but I, I will say <laughs> that I also sympathize with the skepticism because like any industry, therapists tend to, the typical therapist tends to be a very nurturing, compassionate person. Less and less men are going into the field. And I think for a lot of guys, there's a hesitation because there's this sense that just the therapist might just affirm everything you say, but like, what's the truth? Like, yeah. Like, I want a guy who's going to be compassionate with compassion and caring, but also be willing to challenge me, also be willing to talk about, you know, what is true, not just what feels good. And also to kind of know that therapy isn't just about comfort. It's not just about feeling good. It's about stretching yourself to the edge of your anxiety in a way where it's not overwhelming, but it's where you do the work, right? Because oftentimes you look at where a big change or you've pro progressed in your life and it's on the other side of a challenge, <clears throat> right? And so it's, that's the paradox, right? It's by facing the things we least want to face emotionally or relationally that the biggest growth can happen. So long, long story short, I mean, I guess I would say it can be an amazing thing and I encourage people to get it, but I also encourage people to fire their therapist fast if it's not a good fit. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? So it, yep. it really yeah. is, it's such a personal thing. If you're spending an hour a week or every other week for a few months with somebody, you want to feel like their worldview is similar enough and that their mm -hmm. approach is a good fit for your personality. And so I tell people, if, it's, if it doesn't work, don't give up on therapy. Give up on that therapist and keep searching. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. And it, Pursuant to the way in which you yeah. approach your business too. So your focus is on kind of entrepreneurs, business leaders who are Christians, who are men often. I'm also curious about one could potentially get into a rut or a, a misconception yeah. that, that the therapy, like therapy and business coaching uh -huh. are going to be different things. Yes. But it might be hard sometimes from the layperson like me's perspective of understanding kind of what the difference is. So yeah. I, to point the question in a particular direction, let me put it this way. When do you need a, a therapist? If, if I, I'm the entrepreneur and business leader, when do I need yeah. the therapist for some help versus like a business coach per se? Does that make sense? Because It does. Yeah. It does. And I'll define it the best I can, but I will say there is overlap. Yeah, definitely. Co good coaches will have little therapy like skills, and they'll be good therapists who do some kind of coaching type stuff. But to put it very simply, a lot of times coaches will focus on present, mm -hmm. your present and your future, mm -hmm. and a lot of therapists will focus on that as well. But they'll also be more likely to go to the past, and not for the sake of just dragging up the past for no good reason. But almost more like the surgeon, or at least for me as a trauma therapist, it's more like, no, I'm, I'm not going to cut open your arm just for the sake of cutting open your arm so it hurts. It's because yeah. I can see it's infected. Like, right. cut that open, that's going to hurt. But then we're going to scrub it out, and then we're going to stitch it up, and it's going to heal the right way so that it doesn't keep becoming this issue that, that where the past kind of keeps bubbling up in your present because either uh, you're avoiding all these situations that remind you of old hurts, and so you're overcompensating or you're falling into some addictive stuff maybe or so yeah i think yeah therapy tends to be all the above past present future but more likely to go to the past coaching has to be more present and future focused 
I think coaches are more likely to just maybe give some more overt, overt advice and uh, mm-hmm. challenge you, you know, about things like around your motivation. Like a lot of good coaches are <clears throat> trained in something called motivational interviewing, where they're trying to kind of pull it out of you. Like what really makes you tick? What is your why for doing what you're yeah. doing? Right. For me, it's more like, how do you, how do I know if I need therapy? It's like, you're feeling anxious. You're feeling kind of depressed. You're, you don't know why, but you're not connecting with your wife and kids the same way. And the, the marriage is strained, right? Or I've accomplished my goals. And I know I should be feeling happy, but. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, but I'm not, I feel mm-hmm. like. And I think, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the guys I see, it's like they've actually achieved some pretty good success in life. On paper, they've kind of got a lot of things that they hope they'd get in life. Mm-hmm. But something's going by the wayside. It's kind of like they're losing their heart a little bit. Like they're kind of lost yeah. in the grind and all the stress. And it's a time to kind of circle back and the check engine light is going on, <laughs> you know, in the heart. And it's like, hey, we got to get this thing looked at, right? And get it tuned up and get it figured out so that you can be the husband, be the father, be the boss that you want to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. I, I think, yeah, it does. I'm going to take a really weird tactic here uh, yeah. for a second. I'm going to, so, so I find at least that in my life and I've seen others like this, that, you know, sometimes you get really activated even yeah. by the challenge, the excitement, even on some level being like you kind of live, live off your own adrenaline at times. Sure. And I wonder if there's an analog here in kind of the, the ideas that one Nicholas Nassim Taleb has brought forward in the idea of like anti-fragility. Mm. That being that, you know, mm. under stress, you, the strength of the system almost improves. Yeah. And so I'm, I kind of wonder, do you find that in your counseling and in your therapy and whatnot that you are able to kind of convey these kinds of ideas like this is, because this is like, this is also undergirds a lot of what happens even in Christian persecution. I mean, and now I'm going way beyond here, but yeah. like the fact that like when some Christians, when they, you know, in their, the great martyrs of the past, when they encounter these insane challenges at the, to the point of their very lives, that's where they become strongest. And yeah. they, and we know that that's also because of the power of the spirit of God in right. them. But like, how do we kind of harness that in order to make our lives better and, you know, serve our customers better, serve other people better, be more peaceful in the way that we approach all of this. Is there something to that, you know, do you think that we can learn from? <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> I mean, my, my latest tag, tag line kind of on my LinkedIn bio is therapy for guys who like uh, Jocko Willink and Jordan Peterson. <laughs> 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 Just, and, and not that they're the be all end all, but there's some certain principles that I find like, like Jocko, yeah. he's the Navy SEAL, right? Who gets up at 4.30 mm-hmm. in the morning. And when challenges come, he says, good, good. yeah, good. So bring it on, take on radical ownership for your life and for your experience. No excuses, right? Yep. You can take that too far, right? Or like Jordan Peterson, he recognized there's this whole generation of young men, right? Yeah. And everyone's telling them they're special just the way they are. And in a way they are because they're God's children, right? They're made in the right. image of God. They are eternally loved and precious and worthy in that sense. But the way this world works, if you're sitting in your mom's basement and you're still 25 and everyone's saying everything's just fine, everything's just fine, mm-hmm. deep down that guy knows it's not true. Yeah. And so this idea of embracing responsibility, fighting the good fight, 
right? And as Christians, right, thinking about how can we partner, like you said, co-create, how can we be part of building God's kingdom here on earth that's already amongst us and continuing to kind of materialize. So I think that like so th- so many times in society, th- there are these movements in our culture and then there's an overcorrection. And so maybe the overcorrection from the 60s was some other ideas and all this stuff about being a man is bad, right? So you have to <laughs> basically, if you're a man, you're inherently bad. That's the original sin now. And so now you yeah. have to do all these things to, so like, what I tell people is, yes, you want to be a dad who can say, I love you and hug your kids. And you want to be creative and you want to be loving. And you don't have to become an exact replica of your wife to become like right. a healthy person, right? It's like, there's something uniquely good about being men. Where that line is between tapping into a, being in tune with our hearts and our emotions and, and finding some wisdom and some education there and some maturity there. And at the same time, being the kind of guy who can face the stress, who can thrive off it, who can say good, who can embrace hard things and, and get stronger by doing it. I, th- I think that is the, it is a paradox. Yeah. And so I think what I'm trying to do is kind of hold it together to be like, yes, be that guy who conquers the world, who goes out there, who gets after it and be the guy who can actually listen to your wife and, uh, and give her a hug. Right. And, and how do you do both? Right. And that's the challenge. Awesome. Uh, so it's really great. And so as we begin to kind of draw to a close here, I have yep. a little things I love to ask all of our guests. You've had an interesting career journey, starting off as an artist, going through the, the ministry training, yep. then getting into giving counseling and therapy. Now you're a business owner. You're still doing all this. It's, it's kind of wild, right? Imagine then, you know, imagine going back in time and giving your younger self some great advice based on your experience, your faith journey, your business journey now. What sorts of things would you want to convey to that younger version of yourself? And hopefully then we'll give some of our younger listeners some great things to think about. Wonder, yeah, wonderful question. I, uh, I was thinking about this before the podcast. <laughs> How am I? You know it was coming. <laughs> like this. Um, but I think that the two words that came to mind were prayer and, and patience. And to have the maturity or to have the insight, at least as, as a younger person, to be able to say, I'm going to pray for big things. At the same time, it's thy will be done, God. If it's not meant, if it's not in according to your will, okay. You know, that's, I can, I can live with that. But this sense of patience, because my big insight was that sometimes the time between when you pray the prayer and when the prayer is answered, if it's according to God's will, is the preparation that needs to happen within us, within me. If I was talking to my younger self, I would say, okay, Mark, (laughs) you want all these good things to happen, but your character, your experience, and your maturity aren't capable of handling it yet. Mm. Right? So it's not just pray that you'll give me X, Y, and Z. It's pray that you become the kind of man who is able to lead a successful business. Not just throw a successful business in my lap that I don't know what to do with and then it falls right. apart, right? So I think there's this kind of interesting dance between where we want to be and how the substance of who we are gets prepared by God to be able to receive it when the timing is right, right? And so, and to know that at the end of the day, as we back to the fork in the road and step through this open door, or that cracked open door, this idea that, he promises never to leave us or forsake us, that he's got our back, that there will be like challenges, 
really hard times ahead, but also joys and blessings. And through it all, he promises to, to be with us. And inevitably, when we wander off stubbornly like the lost sheep, we've got this very amazing, wonderful Savior who's kind of hacking through the, the, the woods to find us and, and, and grab us and pick us up in his arms. And, and I'd like to think that we're also trying to find him too as we're lost, but sometimes he just grabs us by the scruff of the neck and that can be an answered prayer too. So I'm grateful for all that, for all that paradox and all that. But yeah, God is with us. Pray big, but be patient. Be patient because mm. he's doing something to get you ready for it. That sounds like what this episode is going to be named. God is big or pray big, be patient. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm liking that. That's it's good. Well, thank you so much. Is there any other kind of final words of wisdom you'd like to impart and make sure that anybody listening would walk away from today? Yeah, I would just say that as guys who are used to finding success through that hard work and through that toughness, like I would say, I'm not going to slam that. Like, that's awesome. I commend you for that. It's noble. It's great. And at the very same time, <laughs> you know, you run the car at 80 miles an hour for too long and don't get the oil changed and, you know, it's going to catch up with you. Yep. And so I would just say if, if you're listening to this and, and God's stirring and you, your heart kind of beat a little faster about a certain part about like, man, I've never done therapy. <laughs> that kind of scares me. Well, hey, man, I mean, you can work 80 hours a week and be tough that way. How about being tough the other way? Like to say, can I face this hard thing from my past? Can I, like, that's a different kind of toughness that I think we've got to see. Like Jocko, okay, good. Yeah. Bring it on. This is uncharted territory, but for the sake of God's good plan for my life, for the sake of being a better dad, a better husband, a better boss. All right. I feel a little out of control, a little helpless, a little, I don't know, it's kind of weird, this whole counseling thing. So that, that would just be my encouragement, like not to let that scare people away. And if your therapist isn't that great, then it's all right. <laughs> you, can, you can move on. There are people to pray for your therapist, but yeah, find a good one. Find it, whether it, it's, you know, there's probably there are local people, there are telehealth therapists, there's lots of good options out there. You just got to kind of dig to find it. Awesome. So in closing then, how can people either get in contact with you or follow things that you're doing online if you're out there on some of the social stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn. Look up Mark Odland or, or Lion Counseling. You can check out the website, escapethecagenow.com. I know it's a weird title, but uh, it's <laughs> my whole <laughs> thing is like, we are caged lions. We're caged lions and we've got to bust loose. We've got to escape the things that hold us back from all the potential God has for us, right? And then books, you can just look up my name on amazon.com and it'll list a bunch of them. Some of, are, some of them are for therapists, some of them are for the general public. So you can kind of see what's what, if it makes sense for you. Awesome. Well, again, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate your, your time today. And, and uh, this has been extremely helpful, I think, to a lot of listeners and to me. Uh, I'm excited to go back and re-listen a, a couple of times and see what more I can I can get out of it. So thank you so much for being here with me. Ah, you're so welcome, Norman. It was, it was fun talking to you. Appreciate awesome. the opportunity. Thank you all for listening to Faith Ventures and we'll see you next time. <laughs>